You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning winning drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Ravens postgame Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan, here with my guy, Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan and the beat reporter for the Baltimore Ravens. And Cordell, we have reached the midway point of the Ravens season. They're going to be on a bye week this week, so no football. Could be a good thing, could be a bad thing for me. That means no anxiety. So I'll take what I can get there. But um, <laughs> let's let's come. Let's start with some grades. Let's mm-hmm. do a mid-season report on what we think that the Ravens have done thus far. And let's start with the offense. Um, I'll I'll let you go first, Cordell. I would love to know if you had to grade the Ravens right now after the first nine games of the season, in which they are six and three. Um, how would you currently rate the Ravens offense? This is tough uh, because, you know, they started the season out hot, um, especially throwing the ball, couldn't run the ball to save their lives. And I think it ended up costing them a couple of uh, games, uh, especially some of those close games to Buffalo and Miami, not being able to run the ball to close those games out. It it, it really hurt them, Uh, but they threw the ball so well to start the year. They were, top three or top five in points per game. And since then, it's kind of fallen off. Albeit, though, the run game has picked up. The offensive line has picked up. um, But the pass game has diminished over the last month or so. So overall, I I think I'm going to give the Ravens a C-plus. Ooh. C-plus offensively. And the plus is really just because they have been running running the ball out of their minds. I mean, the game against the Bucks, they had 200 yards in the second half alone. Then the Monday nighter against the, the uh, Saints, they had 188 yards on the ground and two rushing touchdowns led by Kenyon Drake. So I think this run game is allowing them to find their identity. They're seeing who they are as an offense, which is a run-first team. The offensive line has really picked it up. I thought that Monday night game, the win in in, uh, New Orleans, they put on a clinic as far as what you want an offensive line to look like. The Ravens have an elite offensive line group right now. And I think whether you're talking about the run game or the pass game, they've been lights out in both regards. Um, They're athletic. I love watching these guys pull. All five of them can move. Um, And they're really good when they're asked to pull and the Ravens, their their run scheme is so unique and creative, and 
for as much creativity as they lack in the pass game, they get it in the run game for sure. Um, but the pass game is the one thing that's really pulling this, is holding this offense back. Uh, it, it's not good. They did complete 10 uh, passes to 10 different receivers on Monday night. Well, they had 12 completions, but 10 of them were the 10 different guys. That's not something you usually see with this Ravens offense, uh, mainly when Mark Andrews is on the field. And I think the big question will be, will they still be able to spread the ball around once Mark Andrews comes back? And I'll take it a step further. There are some big question marks along uh, on this Ravens offense. I think they have to be answered soon. The one that I just asked about, can they continue to keep everybody involved, even if Andrews is on the field? But also, what happens when J.K. Dobbins comes back? If King and Drake is still running the way he is right now, does I mean, what do you do about Dobbins? I mean, you you do you just bench Drake? I, I mean, I, I think uh, Gus Edwards is going to be the guy. I think Gus is going to be the guy once he's healthy. But right now, that number two guy, it looks like it's King and Drake. And I think that they're, they're going to have to have some tough conversations once J.K. is actually cleared to play. Because it's not enough carries for four guys. And I'm counting mm-hmm. Lamar. Lamar gets mm-hmm. his carries too. It's not enough oh, carries. I'm, I'm counting five because you completely forgot Justice Hill I mean, in, the, I, in the wings. <laughs> I, I need the justice. I, you know, I, I bet, I've been asking for more Justice Hill. I, I'm kind of just, I'm just kind of accepting it's not going to happen. It's only going to get worse once Gus is back. And Harv said Gus, they plan to have Gus out there. Uh, when they play the Panthers after the bye week. So I'd love to see Gus, I mean, uh, Justice Hill get more into the mix, but it's tough when Kenyon Drake is doing what he's doing and having those type of games that he had on Monday, it's, it's tough to really keep pushing for Justice Hill. But I'd like to see him get more involved, but I just think as tough as, it, as it's been, look, I mean, Justice Hill was the second back on Monday. He only had four carries, you know? Yeah. So it's going to be tough once J.K. Dobbins comes back to really have enough carries for everybody. So they, they've go, they're going to have some big questions to ask or, or some big conversations to have uh, with certain guys. But I think this run game is finally coming into a zone. They're second in the NFL as a team in rushing behind Chicago. Um, yeah. The run game is what gives me optimism. And obviously having Lamar Jackson gives me optimism about this offense as a whole, but the pass game has got to catch up. So I'm going to go C+. I'm going to go B minus and um, I, I, I'm a little bit more optimistic in the result and the feel of everything that you said about the run game. I completely agree with. I think that they th- that's a good problem to have. I mean, outside of the fact that J.K. Dobbins ain't going to do nothing, but like all the tweets that say, you know, trade them or whatever, yeah. that's going to come because there's going to be a crowded running back room. Right. And, you know, with him being hurt, it really does feel like there is not a place for him at the moment. But again, to me, that's a good problem to have, considering the fact that the first couple of weeks you really couldn't run at um and so uh from a running perspective I think that you know that's an A plus I I, I think that that's phenomenal um I say B minus because I do think that there's a gift and a curse here from a passing perspective um the gift is what you saw on Monday night getting multiple guys involved having them you know um play and and be in this offense um now that Mark Andrews is out um, the bad thing is that 
you don't have a lot of um, wide receiver availability. Deshaun Jackson did what many of us thought he would do, which was get injured. I thought that maybe it would take him two games. Hey, it didn't even take him a full game before he had a hamstring injury. So there's that. Um, and so now your wide receiving court, once again, is very thin. Um, you know, obviously Mark Andrews is not playing, but as of right now, it appears that the Ravens are doing fine without him. I'm with you. My concern is that what are the Ravens going to do when Mark Andrews returns? And, you know, you have to feed your best player on the field, the ball. I completely understand that. The problem is, is fixating on your best player and not allowing other guys to get involved. We saw James Prochet getting catches. I mean, you know, I mean, it really was good to see other guys be involved in the offense, which means I know that they can spread the ball around. The reason why I give them the B minus is because at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson is still what makes this offense go. And he is the core of what this team can or can't do. And as long as he's the starting quarterback, they're always going to be in a position to um, be better and to put them in a position to win football games. You mentioned about um, offenses. The Ravens are currently fifth in the league in points scored. Um, which is really bad for people that hate Greg Roman. So, because we know y'all be wanting to get rid of this man. And unfortunately for you, his resume says he's not getting fired. Um, And so you, you do see the difference when Mark Andrews isn't there from a play calling perspective, it gets better. So how do you implement what you're doing now without Mark Andrews and do it when he comes back. That's going to be the biggest question. But the fact that Lamar Jackson is doing a whole lot with a little bit is why they get a B minus from me. I don't know too many um, quarterbacks that could have this type of receiving core and be successful. And you have to credit Lamar Jackson for doing that. And while I completely understand your Steve, Plus, because they they absolutely need to get better because down the stretch, you do have to find better ways to be in the passing game and and, and because you're going to play better competition once you get into the playoffs. But for now, this is working for them. And you can only hope that they can find ways to not only give Mark Andrews the ball, but to find ways to implement other guys into this offense because as of right now, it's helping them win football games. So... I think that there's still a ceiling that the Ravens obviously haven't reached yet. Maybe it's due to lack of personnel or maybe it's due to sometimes scheme. Maybe it's due to some other things, but you have to appreciate what they're doing with what they have. I want us to not even think about Odell Beckham Jr. Even though I would love to see him as an addition. I don't think that he's going to want to come to an offense that's run first. However, I will say that if he did come to an offense like this, he and Mark Andrews would be the guys that get all the touches. So, I mean, you know, I don't know why we continue to act like Odell Beckham Jr. wouldn't get looked at. But ultimately, it depends on what he wants to do here. And and I don't know if he wants that. And I don't know if the Ravens are willing to pay for what he wants. So um, we have to pretty much <laughs> look at this offense with who they are and what they have and say this is potentially the offense that would lead them to the playoffs. But Lamar is the star. And yeah. as long as he's back there, they will always have a chance. And that's why they get a B-minus from me. Yeah, no doubt. And 
look, I, the Odell thing, I've been going back and forth on. We've been taking callers talking about it all week. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like, I don't, I, I look, I don't believe Odell is going to come to Baltimore. He would have to, first of all, he's a free agent. So he's kind of being courted right now. He's being recruited. When you look at the short, all the lists that continue to come out as far as what teams he's interested in going to, the Ravens aren't on those lists. Um, right. And I, I, we've seen Odell in a run-first offense. He's He wasn't happy. Granted, Baker Mayfield probably had something to do with that. Albeit, though, and I love Lamar. Lamar hasn't been the most accurate guy himself. That's correct. That's as correct. Late. So you 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 walk you you just are put possibly putting yourself in a position to deal with a guy who has a track record of being vocal when things aren't going his way. I don't want to see Odell in this offense when he could have in, in those certain games where he's not getting targeted the way he wants to. And then all of a sudden he's pouting on the sidelines. He's fighting kickers net nets and, you know, <laughs> getting hit in the mouth by the kicker net and stuff like that. Like that's, You don't that's want, not, you don't want the drama. That's not really what I, we, we got a nice dose of drama Monday night. We had Lamar and Ronnie Stanley. We had Marcus Peters versus Harbs too, you know, and I, I don't want to see the Odell Beckham, situation and then I think a lot of people look at what he did with the Rams last year he was great with the Rams last year joined in the second half of the season and fit like a glove no doubt about it but we can't overlook the fact that he joined a team that had Cooper Cup who was already who was probably the best not even probably he was the best receiver in the NFL last year um it's easy to join a situation like that when you have an offensive mastermind in Sean McVay and they are going to throw the ball 40 times a game, and you know you're going to get your targets, even if Cooper Cup gets his. You don't know that in Baltimore. Lamar had a game against Cleveland. We threw the ball 16 times. I mean, it's just not – I just don't think it's the fit that they're looking for. And no matter how many receivers they look to bring in this year, I just don't think this is an offense that is going to utilize the receivers the way everybody else is. And, hey – that's okay. They just have to be there when they need them. The, this Ravens pass game relies on efficiency. They're not going to throw the ball a ton of times, but when they do throw the ball, they need to hit on those. They have to be efficient, and that's what it boils down to. Even once we get to the playoffs, the run game is going to be there. But yeah. once you get to the playoffs and the teams are stacking the box and forcing you to throw the ball, can you do it? I think that they can. Because when they, we've seen them click and be efficient, it's just a matter of will they be on that day. This 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 mm-hmm. pass game has shown that they're a little Jekyll and Hyde at times. I don't know what pass game is going to show up when they need it, but they, they definitely need to make sure that if nothing else, they're able to be efficient on the offensive side come playoff time. Absolutely. And, and and it will become more complicated when they start playing better competition. But as for now, I do think that what they're they're doing what works for them. Mm-hmm. And that's really all you can ask for. You need your team to be honest about who they are. And too many times they want to try to be something that they're not because, you know, look, Lamar is a quarterback at the end of the day, you know, just reached. Uh, and we should acknowledge the fact that you know, fastest player, they have 100 touchdowns and 4,000 yards, 67 games for Lamar. 
Um, the next person was like Randall Cunningham in the 90s. So that mm-hmm. is a huge feat. And he and he obviously sees himself as a quarterback, as he should. That being said, look, the run game is what makes this offense go. It is, and that's no disrespect to what Lamar brings as a passer. None. It's just simply saying that this is what works. The Tennessee Titans did this and they went to the AFC championship. Like, I don't want, I don't know why this is an issue for people. Like in terms of like, Oh, you have to be a passing team. You have to be a passing team. Well, who's according to who? You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, accor- accor- I literally just gave you an example of like, Two years ago, when the Ravens were fourteen and two, excuse me, three years ago, when the Ravens were fourteen and two, they like they got out by the Tennessee Titans, who literally just ran Derrick Henry and and ran play action all day. That mm-hmm. was their recipe, and they were very close to reaching the Super Bowl. So, I just you know, I think is 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 tough because they no, we haven't seen a run first team win the Super Bowl in a while. You know, you look and everybody gets enamored by what the Chiefs are doing. And, you know, the Bucks when the Bucks were, you know, it's just it, when the Bucks were Super Bowl winners and contenders, the Rams last year, you know. So I understand the skepticism of whether or not this could work because we haven't seen teams sustain that type of success being a run first team. But I do think that the Ravens are built to make it happen. If anybody else can do it, I believe it is the Ravens that can. Even the Titans. I mean, the Titans have Henry. That obviously that allows them to run the ball whenever they want. But the Ravens, they the fact that they have their biggest run threat be their quarterback, and he is so good at it at that. So um, good. I, I think it, it changes things. It allows you to look at it differently. This team is built different and if this defense continues to go the way that they're going and this run game can stay consistent they just need the pass game to be good enough you get to that time of year anyway the run game is just as important as the pass game so I I get the skepticism again because we haven't seen many teams win the Super Bowl as a run first team but it doesn't mean it can't happen I completely agree All right, before we get into our next segment, just make sure that you're subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that you can get all your Ravens content as soon as a new episode drops. Okay, Cordell, so we did the offense. We did our grades. You gave them a C plus. I gave them a B minus. Let's do the defense. And this is a group that has trended up for weeks now. Now, if you to ask us this at week four, we'd probably give them a D minus or an F. Um, fast forward to week nine. Well, we're in week 10, obviously, but, but nine games in, what would you give the Ravens defense now? Oh, they look so different now. I mean, they look <laughs> night so and day. Different. Yeah. It's, it's a completely different defense from the one that started the season. Um, and even before Roquan and Tyus got back, uh, this was a defense, like you said, that had been trending up the last couple of weeks. And you watched them on Monday night. That was a that was a dominant performance by the defense outside of that late touchdown uh, snafu, whatever you want to call it, up the sidelines. That, that was inexcusable, but I'm not really going to hold it against them in this regard. Uh, I'm actually going to give the defense a... I don't. I'm, I'm fighting the feeling of trying to 
overreact, but not under. But I also don't want to undergrade them. I'm just gonna give them a a minus right now, and oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give them the a minus because they've got the second leading sack guy in the league right now, and in, in Justin Houston. This is yeah. the biggest eight, question. Eight and a half sacks. Right. And, and the biggest question mark we had about this defense coming in was how were they going to get to the quarterback? That question has been answered. They've been great at getting to the quarterback. They're forcing turnovers. They've been one of the best turnover teams in the league. And the run game, the run game was kind of the thing that was worrying me for a while, but they have kind of, they, they put a bottle, a, a top on that quickly. They've stopped the run. They're getting to the quarterback. They're forcing turnovers. They're adjusting throughout the course of the game. I I can't really find much fault in this defense that is and also they've added talent. They I mean this 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 almost looks like a brand new defense with the trade of Roquan, with Tyus coming back off injury, with David Ajabo, who we haven't even seen yet. <laughs> Right. Off injury. Marcus Williams is supposed to be back in December. You know, this is a defense that is as good as they are playing right now. And they're playing at an extremely high level. They could get even better. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm trying not to give them the, their flowers too early, but it's hard not to right now. It's, it's really hard. I, I'm going to go A minus. I'm going to go B minus. And, I, you know, listen, I, I love the way that they are trending up. I do. And and this is a uh, a, a stat that Ian Rappaport um, from NFL Network had tweeted out yesterday. Fun fact about the Ravens defense under new D.C. Mike McDonald. Third for total takeaways, which is 16, fourth in sacks, 27, and sixth for lowest third down conversion rate, which is 33.7%. Um, as of right now, they're still 18th in the league in terms of, in terms of scores, uh, score defense. But I think a lot of that has to do with how they started the season, right? I mean, felt that 42 points that they gave up against Miami right. really hurts hurts that that stat line. Ultimately, I think that they have done a great job. Um, Mike McDonald is a guy that I've felt from week one, Cordell, that he had done a really good job. And I've all, I stand on the fact that I believe that what the issues were were communication issues as well as inexperience issues because you had a secondary that's fairly young with Kyle Hamilton and Pepe Williams. And, he, and, and even though Marcus Williams had a few interceptions before he left, he was still a new player and um, Jalen Armour Davis. So there was a lot of miscommunication there. And because guys were in a new system that, you know, they were coming up from college, their college ranks, that, that was some taking to get used to. And I think that people don't, people just assume that, you, you know, you're supposed to go into a season and be prepared. And I think that that's, really disingenuous because a lot of the guys that you were playing with week one weren't guys that you were playing with in preseason because those guys are veterans as we know now preseason really isn't about veterans getting snaps anymore it's really about letting young guys get the snaps and so I, I I think people just really felt that this was supposed to be a defense that took off and they had problems wow surprising right but they fixed those problems and the one thing that I've always credited Mike McDonald for has been his adjustments he doesn't wait to make adjustments he makes adjustments right then and there and they typically work like you already mentioned you add guys 
that are coming up from injury or about to come up from injury? Because, again, you mentioned David Ajabo. And, look, Marcus Williams is still a guy that's going to be back at some point um, that was playing extremely good football prior to his injury. So, I, you know, as of right now, I give them a B-. minus. But when we had this conversation at the end of the year, there's no reason why I can't say that they deserve an A- minus or an A at that point because they have all the tools that it takes for them to be a very dominant defense. And it's amazing to me to see how guys like Justin Houston, like, I know that you and I have probably had this conversation before in the summer, and I was just like, so we're supposed to rely on one of the older guys of this defense to really, like, be the the, the pass rusher? And guess what? He must have heard what I said, and <laughs> he said, oh, you, you, you're, you're thinking that I'm not going to be able to do that? And we have to credit the guys that make the schemes. In the past, I believe, that the scheme was more important than the personnel under Wink Martindale. We saw a lot of rotations. So guys like Justin Houston weren't getting the snaps that he's getting now. And that's why he's so dominant now because Mike McDonald is just kind of, is basically scheming him to be like, go out there and do your thing. And he's out there and he's doing his thing. And so I, I credit the players, but I also credit the defensive coordinator for finding guys' best um, attributes and getting them involved in this offense. I can't say enough about um, Justin Matabuke. He's playing at a high level, I mean, quietly. I think we don't give a ton of defensive tackles enough credit outside of guys like Calais Campbell because he's a familiar name that we have. But there's so many other guys on the interior line that's playing extremely well that you really have to give them credit for what they're doing. When Michael Pierce went down, that was the concern for me. And and I knew that guys like Travis Jones and Matabuke was playing well, but Michael Pierce was really playing at a high level prior to his injury. So I was concerned about who was going to be able to step up and, and act as if we don't miss Michael Pierce at all. And quite frankly, Cordell, I really don't miss Michael Pierce that much. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that he's not missed. I'm simply saying that the other guys have taken the challenge of stepping up and they've done a really great job of doing so in the process. Yeah, I mean, they have, and that's what it's had to be. I mean, this is a deeper roster than we thought, and they've taken some injuries early in the season, but they, they've shown to step up and, and uh, play at a high level. And, you know, I, I look at this defense now, and I've talked early in the season a lot about how the Ravens just did not have the talent to stack up against some of the teams yeah. uh, around the AFC. And ever since then, not much has changed on the offensive side in that regard, but definitely on the defensive side. I mean, the, the addition of Roquan is that's star power uh, right there. That's the kind of elite talent that I'm talking about when I say I want to see them try to match the talent level of certain guys like the Chiefs or the Bills or some of these big time teams that you're going to see late in the season. And, you know, I, I just I just look at this defense and the way that they're playing right now. They just look so confident. Um, and Mike McDonald, he, he's done a great job. And, you know, there were some questions early in the season, especially when they're blowing leads late in the game. That's, mm -hmm. That Dolphins one, I just I can't leave it alone. The Dolphins one is the one that's going to you burn. and everybody else, Cordell. Yeah. You and everybody else. Yeah. The, the Ravens block refuses to let it go. 
Yeah, that, that, that's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, you know, the, the, the Bills one was tough too, no doubt. But it didn't hurt as much as the. I mean, the, I think every we all thought that Dolphins game was was all but over. I mean, I, yes, exactly. I, we all thought it was over, and they just walked back. They the, the way they just were able to just walk the Ravens down like that. It was a it was a joint effort for both sides of the ball for the Ravens. Neither side coming up. I already mentioned the run game not being able to be there. Offense couldn't sustain drives. Defense giving up big play after big play. They've since put a lid on the big plays. They haven't been giving up a ton of big plays as of late. Um, and they're they're more of a sound tackling team right now. And I, I think having Roquan out there, he he's kind of forcing guys to want to play at a higher level. People want to match his intensity. So when you see that you got now the new leading the, the leading tackler in the NFL joining your team and you watch him in practice and you watch how he works and you see him in game tackling Alvin Kamara multiple times at the line of scrimmage. It makes mm-hmm. it makes you want to step it up. So now you see guys like Kyle Hamilton making yep. open field tackles, not not yep. uh, blowing tackles and stuff out there. So you know, I think it's a trickle down effect. I think this defense is going to do nothing but get better. Uh, it, it is a benefit. They have somewhat of a soft schedule. I mean, to be able to come back off the bye week and play the Panthers. That's that's about as good demolished as by the Bengals, by the yeah, way. Demolished. Yeah, that, that's that's about as good as it gets. Um, when you talk about coming back off your bye. So still can't overlook opponents, but I I think it's no. it's clear to see that this defense is definitely trending in the right direction. And you know, right now I would I would say the defense is the best side of the ball for the yep. Ravens right now. That that that's who they are. Run game first, defense that's gonna get you off the field. Absolutely. And, and shout out to Marlon Humphrey. I keep seeing, you know, top five cornerback list that he's not on. I find it very disrespectful because he is playing like a top five cornerback right now. Um, I'm seeing people put Xavier Howard, who's been getting <laughs> abused, quite frankly, by um, uh, wide receivers. But for whatever reason, I think it's a name thing. You know, it's like, oh, Xavier Howard. Marlon Humphrey is playing as, uh, almost as good as anybody else not named Pat Sertan the second right now so I, I want us to start putting some respect on number 44's name because he's playing at a very high level and and he I don't is. like the disrespect no, I don't Mar- like it Marlon, Marlon's been balling I, I, we talked about him earlier in the season and I was saying I, I mean he's taking on a challenge of be, trying to be the best player on that defense he's the yep. leader of that defense and whatever they ask him to do whether it's to play on the outside play in the nickel blitz he stuck his nose in there a couple of times on the run in the run game on monday night he led the team in tackles monday night so it's always a you know when you see a corner lead the team in tackles in a game it lets you know he had a busy day absolutely so there's that and and he he was ready for him and he was about that life so shout out to you marlon humphrey for being a leader on this team on this defense outside of the, the veteran guys like a Calais, like a Justin Houston, because those types of personalities are definitely needed down the stretch. All right, guys, before we get into our final segment, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not, what are you waiting for? Make sure that you have subscribed so that way Cordell and I can give you all of your Ravens flock information. Okay, so we've graded the offense, we've graded the defense. 
And so we have the second half of the season upon us. Now, everybody knows that the Ravens have one of the quote unquote easiest schedules um, remaining in the National Football League. And I put those quotation marks there because at the end of the day, it's always going to be about matchups and schedule and, and uh, records really don't mean much to me personally. Um, but, you know, that that's what it says. Basically, everybody that they're playing sans the Bengals um, have negative records at this point. So starting off the bye, Panthers and Ravens, do you feel like this is a winnable game? Cool out. Oh, definitely. I mean, the Panthers are terrible. Uh, <laughs> no even go around it. They're abysmal. Uh, we'll see what happens when, you know, uh, with the rest of that division going forward. But look, they got a run game you got to worry about. They got some guys, uh, no doubt, DJ Moore. I do like Deontay Foreman as well. Um, but you can kind of take him out the game if you can continue to score and force them to get away from the run game. Defense, we know they got Brian Burns, an elite pass rusher. Their defense can play uh, for sure. But I, I don't look at that as like a game I'm necessarily worried about. All right. Uh, and they're at home, by the way. Ravens next week, then go to Jacksonville against the Jaguars. And, I, I, you know, they've got some players on defense as well. Uh, the Jaguars do. Their offense is a little inconsistent for me. Um, so it's very hard for me to really take the Jaguars offense seriously. I take their defense more seriously than I do their offense. But how do you think that the Ravens fare in Jacksonville? Yeah, I don't know why I have that kind of sneaky tingling feeling yeah. about this one. The kind of kind of like how I felt about that Giants game. I don't know. My my spidey senses are kind of going off about that one. That could be a little dangerous. They got some some guys that can play. Travis Etienne. I mean, he is a big play machine. He's got yeah. so much speed. Uh, and he's the type of guy that you bring in a Roquan Smith for. That, that That's why you go and get him. They've also got Christian Kirk out there as well. So that's an offense. They can score. They can score at times. The defense, they have their moments as well. It should be a win for the Ravens, but uh, it, it, it's, it worries me a little bit. It does worry me a little bit. Yeah, I'm concerned too. I do think that the Ravens defense, though, could potentially be the the, the winners of this game. And that will, you know, it, it hold them over to a, a victory, maybe in a close game. But um, I agree with you. I, it, you know, people will say, oh, it's the Jags. And I'm just, I'm not really at that point yet. We watched the Jags beat down the Chargers um, mm -hmm. away. So they have it in them. Again, they're just not consistent. They just can't put a consistent effort on the field. They just um, back from us, I think, what, 14 or 17 points against the Raiders on Sunday as well. So yeah, yeah well, you know, that, that's a tough team to put away. Yes, very exactly. They they they, they like nagging injuries. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> Just when you think it's over. Nope, not done yet. Yep. So there's that. All right, then the Ravens uh, are at home against the Broncos, who to me are a very that's disappointing right. team. Um, you know, I, Broncos defense is great. That offense is all hot mess. <laughs> yeah, I mean <laughs> We all thought when Russell Wilson went out there, let's ride, R Russell Wilson. <laughs> uh, we, we thought that that offense would be one of the better ones in the league. I, I didn't think that the Broncos would be great this year, 
You know, I, I didn't expect them to be as bad as they are. I also didn't expect the Raiders to be as bad as they are. I just believe the Raiders stink as bad as they do. But the Broncos, I, that that offense, for whatever reason, they can't they can't get it going. Now they did win last week. I'm I'm kind of thinking that coming off the bye, uh, they'll be able to get start stacking some of these wins going forward. They look decent in London beating the Jags. It wasn't pretty, but they got it done. And I, I, sometimes you just need that one win. You know, you just need that one win to get you back on the right track just to show yourself that you can do it. And for them to get that win and then go into the bye week, we could see a different Broncos team down the stretch. They've got talent. They got the receivers. Definitely have the defense to do it. And Latavius Murray, a guy who was out here in Baltimore last year, he looks good. He does. Uh, running the ball for Denver. So um, anything can happen. That's that's definitely going to be a toss-up game. We'll see. But today, I would say I'll take the Ravens. Uh, a thing to note, it's a one o'clock game, which means it's a mountain time, 11 o'clock game. Typically teams that come from west to east and play early don't bode well. So that's just something to, to look out for. First game of the season, Ravens go to Pittsburgh and play the lowly Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> yeah, they are. But it's still a divisional bad. game. It's Here's my thing, bad. though, Cordell. I, can't, I would have to assume TJ Watt will be the, the available mm-hmm. by then. I, I can never – I don't care what their record is. I'm never too comfortable with games like these because your your division rival is always going to be ready to stand up to play against you, particularly if the Ravens are still the AFC uh, North uh, leaders at that point. No doubt. I mean, the, the AFC North division game is not going to be easy regardless. And then when you talk about Ravens-Stillers, anything can happen. Anything yep. can happen. It's out in Pittsburgh. That team, you know, they look they look done. They look done. Uh, I think that they are done. T.J. Watt might return Sunday. Uh, we'll see. But I definitely expect him to be out there uh, pending anything crazy happening when the Ravens go out to Pittsburgh. It's tough. I don't uh, – I got I, – I think that the Ra- – I said at the start of the season, I thought that the Ravens would split with yeah. the Steelers. I'm going to stay true to that. I, I'm going to say that one turns out to be a loss. I, I just, okay. be, you know, you got to you got to make room for some of these. Lo- You're not going to win every game. You got to make room for some of them. And if there's ever a game that the Ravens could kind of look small in, it'll be that one. All right. Then they go to Cleveland to play the Browns, which, by the way, Deshaun Watson will be back by then. Um, to play the Browns, I personally don't think Deshaun Watson has been out of football for two years. I, I I don't know how that bodes well against, I mean, look, just hand the ball off all damn day. And look, you do have Amari Cooper that helps. Um, You do have a good tight end that helps. I just don't know what to expect from a guy like Deshaun Watson. I know what I'm getting from Jacoby Brissett. I do not know what I'm getting from a Deshaun Watson who has not played in two years. Yeah, I mean, it'll be a tough game regardless of who the quarterback is. We saw the first time when the Browns came to town, that wasn't an easy game for the Ravens. Right being able to just beat the Browns by three in that one. Um, yeah, you the Ravens have done good against the Browns rushing attack. Whatever For whatever reason, they've got Nick Chubb's number, and Stefanski helps the Ravens out by going away from Nick Chubb at times. I can't understand <laughs> it. But, hey, nobody – I'm sure no Ravens fans will complain about that. Uh, th- those Browns games are tough. It's in Cleveland as well. That yeah. pass rush 
That pass rush is legit. Um, it's a toss-up, another one of those toss-up games. And I think this was another one where I said that I think that the Ravens would split with the Browns. I, I think I had the Ravens going on a little bit of a rut down the stretch. I'm going to have that one as a loss, too. Okay, so – Falcons then come to Baltimore the following week on Christmas Eve to play the Ravens. Falcons have just kind of been like, when you know, I mean they they're 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 four and four, I believe. They can so, score. Yeah, they they can they score. Can score. Yep. And they they got some guys they that can play uh, on that offense. Oh, wow. Marcus Mariota, he hasn't he's not lighting the world on fire, but he's enough for them. Uh, he can run. He can throw it a little bit. Um, and they Cordell Patterson just came back this past Sunday and he looked good. Two touchdowns in that game. So you never know with the Falcons, they're going to find a way to make it a game. I do know that that's not going to be the blowout that I think a lot of people may be expecting. It's going to be a game. Uh, but I think that's one that the rate that after if they follow what I'm saying that they're going to do and losing two straight to Pittsburgh and then Cleveland, that'll be the game that they bounce back in. All right, then the Steelers then come to Baltimore. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody, on January the 1st yeah. to play uh, the Ravens. So I'm going to assume that you consider the Steelers to have – this is the Ravens' win because you have them losing in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think I think this is the revenge game right there. Um, still going to be a tough game because at right. that point we're talking about Ravens competing for the division, uh, not only – and then also – potentially competing for seeding in the in the uh, AFC. So the Steelers are going to want to play spoilers. They're going to show up ready to play. I just don't think it'll be enough. And finally, the Ravens go to Cincinnati, which obviously this is going to be a big pain in the ass, could potentially be for the division title uh, to play the Bengals. Yeah, I said at the start of the season, I thought that this Week 18 game would be for the division. Um, Ravens beat them earlier in the season. I don't know if I believe that this game will be for the division anymore. I don't I don't know what Cincinnati team we're going to see the rest of the season. They Very look true. good Sunday smacking up on the uh who was it, the Raiders. No, uh, they played the they played no, they played the um Panthers. They beat them down to Panthers, the break Right, right, right. They they smacked up the Panthers. So, they look good doing that, but then the week before they look terrible against the Browns. So yeah, I don't know what type of Bengals team we'll see down the stretch. Uh, Jamar Chase should be back for week 18, though. He should already be back by then. I'm going to say, at first I said the Bengals win that game and Bengals win the division if that game is for the division. I'm going to flip-flop a little bit. I'm going to say the Ravens win that one. Okay, so by my judgment, you have the Ravens losing three down the stretch, which would then make their record eleven and six. Is that correct? Yeah, that's around what what I, I think at the start of the season I predicted them to have ten wins. You did. I didn't expect Roquan to be traded to them. So Roquan, congratulations! You bought the Ravens an extra win for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think eleven and six sounds fair to me. I mean, there be there could be one of these games where potentially they could sweep the Steelers because they're not a good football sure. team and make it a um, uh, twelve and five. But I do think eleven and six is what we're looking at from this team. We definitely need to see better production from the offense and passive passing perspective but overall I think that this defense is so much better than it was 
um, a month ago. And I think that this offense is now more comfortable with running the football. Look, don't nobody want to tackle Gus Edwards, okay? No. Nobody wants to tackle a big, fast bowling ball. Nobody. <laughs> and nobody yeah. wants to tackle a guy. Or can't, I, I can't even say they don't want to. But nobody seems to be able to tackle a guy that's uh, as fast as lightning, it seems like, with Lamar Jackson. He can just be a headache and a half for some of these guys, for some of these defenses we saw Monday night, he's a problem to tackle in the open field. And so, you know, you really want to be able to continue to go with what's working. The run game is working right now for yep. the Ravens. Um, Gus is going to be a big part of that once he comes back. But yeah, you combine teams not wanting to tackle Gus in the second half with teams not being able to tackle Lamar at all. Lamar, yep. You know, you 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 got something cooking there for sure. Absolutely. So we believe that they will win 11, potentially, me, potentially 12 games, 11 games for Cordell. And so um, I think that that will be enough to get them a playoff spot because I think that there's a lot of teams in the AFC that people thought were, we were going to be better than what they mm -hmm. are. And the Ravens are consistent, going to be who they are as long as Lamar Jackson is going to be healthy, which is a playoff team. So and we and honestly – you know, we got to see how this all unfolds. But with the AFC East being as good as they are right now, the, the AFC North may only get one team in. I mean, we'll we'll have to see. But it could be a situation where the Ravens are the only team representing the North. Absolutely. That's a very, very, very valid point. Um, so thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, hopefully Cordell and I predictions for the second half are accurate and the Ravens don't have to worry about trying to get into a seed, but necessarily winning the AFC North outright so that they can automatically get a home game. And that way we ain't got to worry about all of this stuff. Uh, so, um, enjoy your bye week. I certainly, what, what are you doing this weekend, Cordell, since you don't have to, uh, do Ravens things this weekend? Well, I'll, I'll actually be on air. Uh, Sunday, I think okay. from three to five, either three to five or two to four, but I'm on for two hours on Sunday, uh, doing football. So that'll be cool. Um, and I'll be going to see Black Panther this weekend, actually, yeah, going, uh, to see Black Panther. So that's that's there's my weekend right there. Good, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing, but I will not be stressed, and so that is all that is important to me. Uh, so I am dealing with stress-free Sunday. Maybe I'll get myself some brunch, have a mimosa, something I ain't been able to yeah. do in quite a while because it's been football going on. So thank you so much all for listening. We appreciate you from Cordell to me. This is Winning Thrive. <laughs>